This episode is sponsored by Seb's novel Don't Find Roger. Brash private I Martin laughs constantly overestimates his own abilities. A fan of fast women and easy money, he gleefully accepts a straightforward job hunting down a wife's missing spouse. But when the husband offers laughs triple the dough to look the other way, the PI's lust for cash leads him into a risky double dip. With his sweet deal threatened when he keeps accidentally bumping into the man he's paid to locate, his growing suspicions get totally derailed by the busty allure of a beautiful blonde. And when he finally sees through her gold-digging buxom charms, he may have already made a deadly femme fatale mistake. Can he dodge a dangerous dame and undo a knot of lies, or will this absurd case tie a noose around his neck? Don't Find Roger is the first book in the hilariously irreverent Martin Laugh's dark comic drama series. If you like gallows humor, fun mysteries, and characters that catch your heart, then you'll love Sebastian Dugat tragically ludicrous whodunit. Buy Don't Find Roger to two-time the truth today. to not your average Joe podcast. Uh, today we're happy to have a Canadian-born uh, comedian actor on our show. Uh, he now lives in LA, Los Angeles, United States. He is a veteran at the Montreal Just For Left Festival. He performed at the Late Show with David Letterman on Jay Leno. He worked with Jon Stewart. He performed comedy all around the world. He did few movies. I mean, he's got a resume, such a big resume that that would take me another hour or so to just get through it. So we'll just get to the point here. We have the amazing Jeremy Hotz, okay. uh, Hotz with us. Uh, w welcome, uh, Jeremy, and thank, thank you, you for taking the time to, to, to come with us. I know you're a really busy man lately, which is really great. Uh, yeah, I've gone from being not busy at all to busy out of my mind again. Be careful what you wish for, gentlemen. Uh, yeah. yeah. It changed. It's an on and off switch, you know? Okay, yes. crowds are socially distanced and they're only allowed a certain amount in, but they fill them and you still have to do the show every single night. You know exactly. what I mean? That is amazing. That is amazing. And actually, tonight, I believe it's your last show here in Edmonton at yes. 7 at the comic strip. Yeah, that was the first time in 28 years I ever played the comic strip because I always play the Windspear or the Casino when I come to Edmonton, right? So I never played the club. And guess what? A guy that started comedy named Ricky Bronson around the same time I did what has been my friend for all these years, and I never played his club until this week. Oh, wow. That, that's such a nice club today. I, I like the comic strip every time the I have a chance. The thing about it is that, I, you know, we're hanging out and it's like, you know, I'm not just doing stand-up. I'm seeing some old friends as well, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a great, great gig. How, how, did, you, uh, how did you like uh, spending the weekend here in Edmonton? Well, it was really good. But, you know, I, I have to stress to you about comedians and comedy and what I've learned um, The group that I came up with is yes. not like the group that are coming up today. We were like friends and mm -hmm. we weren't against each other. We, yeah. we kind of rooted for each other. You know what I mean? 
That's correct, yes. The, not in Canada only, but in the United States as well, the new people coming up are extremely cutthroat and don't give a crap about anybody else. And you know what? That's not what comedy is about at all. No, that's oh, sad. Did, did, did you feel something like that here? Uh, I mean, in Edmonton and other gigs that you did there in Canada oh, yeah, so far? It's obvious. It is obvious. Oh, oh yeah. I've never sounds- seen anything like it. It's amazing to me. Oh, oh my God. Uh, it's it's a really, really new feeling going on that is extremely dangerous. Yeah. And maybe the pandemic will help clear it up. <laughs> that could be that could be a good thing maybe well Lars Calio actually is really really involved in the in the comedian scene here in Edmonton uh, hi Lars how are you buddy good good you ask, you ask him about that man yeah he knows nothing other than what I was just talking about well I've been pretty fortunate so I've been doing comedy for 17 years And uh, I was the house MC at Rick's Club for, for about five years. The first time I met you, it was uh, we were in line together at Just for Laughs in 2005. And I remember wow. getting to, it was, uh, you were in front of me and uh, Harlan Williams was behind me. And in 2005, I was, I was so, I was like, I can't believe I'm standing in line with, Jeremy Hotz in front of me and Harlan Williams behind me. And I turned to Harlan and I go, wow, ah, fucking Jeremy Hotz always holding up the line. And uh, Harlan <laughs> laughed. And it was like, so that's the first time. And, um, you know, so I've, you know, been a part of Canadian comedy. I've been really spoiled in my career. You know, I've done just for laughs and have a comedy now and everything. But what you talk about, I kind of bridge those two generations. And what I like is that there's this generation that calls Rick Bronson Ricky, and that's how you know they've been around a long time, is because... Yeah, I do call him that. Yeah. That's really funny. Does he not like it? I was nope. wondering about that, because I seem to be the only guy running around the club calling him Ricky. That's yeah. so weird. No, so it's not. It's actually, generationally, I know who knew Rick from the very beginning, because the guys like you and Brent Butt and and yeah. Harland and uh, um, uh, Joey Elias... Yes, Joey. And so yeah. there's this group that of your generation, of your class that you're talking about, that still call he was Ricky Bronson. And so you guys still that was Ricky. Yeah. 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 So it's, we knew Ricky before, you know, we knew Ricky before, you know, he well was like well into himself and just extremely Jewish. We knew him. <laughs> Jewishism overwhelmed him and turned him into what he is today annoying (laughs) (laughs) you know you know i i think that there are there are so few people in your class as far as you know like people who go around and sell out these theater tours like you harlan deborah giovanni maybe Derek edwards to an extent but i think that it's whenever you pass through i i have such fondness for that group because you're all the people that are all still around from that from from that alumni are such good comedians like and we're we're friends you know mm-hmm. yeah and, and we were talking about we are all like harlan is a friend of mine when we see each other we're both excited yeah. you know what i mean we haven't yeah. seen each other in a while and we jump around it's like there's no competition there at all what people have to understand is You're not against the, another comedian. There's so many, there's so much room in show business. Just be unique and different and it will come. That's so simple. Yeah. And this, I have to be better than that guy. I have to be, no, you don't. 
You know, <laughs> when you're on a comedy show, it's a show. It's like a whole team thing. And yeah. that's gone away. It's now the individual trying to do as best as they possibly can to blow the other people off stage. And that's just wrong. Yeah, the good MCs, so, you know, the, the people that were good, that are good, aren't threatened by that. And I, one of the things that I've always said is you don't have to root against somebody in entertainment. Entertainment will root against them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's what you're involved in is pretty much the hardest thing in the world. You know, it really is. And you go in with no training because there's no training for it. You just have to figure out whether you can do it or not. Except in Montreal, though. You can take a class in school, right? Yeah. How's that gonna how's that gonna fare for you, man? I don't know. That's good. You You've always had such a unique delivery, but also I think that one of the things that makes Jeremy Hotz Jeremy Hotz is not just a unique delivery, but a great amount of originality. So I think that how you become, and this is, I'm theorizing, uh, how you become somebody who sells out theaters is to be both original and, and unique, because then you've got this unique perspective. Were you like that from the very beginning because there's so many cookie cutter comedians um where it's just no. set up punch set up punch were you always unique or did that did you develop that over time over time uh, i started off being really uh 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 hyper energetic and then i had no energy and then i just you know i then i the i just start you know people go the hand in front of the face the hand in front of the face uh, i i that's what I do when I, I have generalized anxiety disorder. And that's what happens to me when I get anxious and it's just a natural reaction. And until people started to say, why are you putting your hand in front of your face? I hadn't, I, I didn't pick it up. I didn't realize. In the same time though, uh, the reason why I know Jeremy Hotz is exactly for those reasons. I think it's charming. It's just the way you delivered your comedy and it's just part of your character. And I, yeah. I don't think it's something I, I, I like it, obviously, just the way you, you, you tell a joke and the way you, you bring it on and all that. You, you did a bit actually, Jeremy, and I wanted to ask you about this. That was a great bit you did uh, on Just for Laugh and that was about the road construction in Montreal. I don't know if that, that ring a bell to you. Montreal, a city that has no clue how to finish a street. <laughs> Yeah, they get about halfway done. Then <laughs> someone yells, C'est tout! <laughs> And that's the end of the construction. <laughs> They'll figure around a way to go. They try, though. They pretend they're going to fix the street here. They put those orange cones down. You're expecting something magnificent. <laughs> Two weeks later, the cones are gone. Nothing's changed at all. I don't know what they're doing outside of the theater here. That's been going on for 17 years. You gotta look at that thing. They're watering cement with sprinklers. If they're thinking they're gonna grow grass, 
And I love your license plate, that kills me. Je me souviens. I remember what? When there used to be a whole street there? I made it up uh, because I was. That, I made that up that that taping because I was driving around in the thing, and I just was. I made that up, so oh. that was never in my act. A lot of stuff on just for laughs. I just did it that week, and it's really not in my act. But it got famous because it hit a nerve. You know what I mean? It is so on point because me being from Montreal, Sebastian's from Montreal. My girlfriend lives in Montreal before, and that was so on point. I'm like, did he live there before? Like, that was literally like finger right on the on the my, subject. My whole act is just seeing something, and if it's shit, telling people about it. That's it. My, it's just I just complain <laughs> about things that are shit, and they're the smallest little things. However, yeah. Yeah. um. A lot of people feel the same way. <laughs> oh, it's just funny because that was so on point. And as I said, you, you made a lot of Montreal uh, uh, people laugh on, on this bit particularly. That was It's right good on. when you hit a local thing like that and you don't even really know. It's just you're upset and they're upset, but you didn't know how much they were upset about it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're always upset about it every year. So that's Construction in Montreal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's so bad. There were, it, I, the thing was, there were the, all these cones around, but there was nobody working. That's yeah. what we were exactly. Not even the guy standing at the end, going, "Don't come in this lane." They just, they're so lazy; they just put cones down and walk away. <laughs> That's basically it. Uh, have you uh, have you drove around Montreal, Lars? Yes, and uh, and I think that the commonality of that in Edmonton, we've just given up. So we know we actually have signs in Edmonton. That don't say construction ahead. It doesn't say construction. For real, we have signs that say obstruction. Nice. <laughs> they're just they're just obstructing. They're not doing anything. They're just like ah, here's there's an obstruction ahead. So we're gonna yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's very so funny. You're from he's from Edmonton, right? I gotta ask you something, Lars, because you have the you have the West Edmonton Mall, right? We sure do. Yeah, like I had heard tale of it. Of, uh, this is the mall. It's in Edmonton. It has like a it has like a roller coaster, and it has like an underwater thing, and a big wave that somehow doesn't destroys children's lives. Anyway, they got all this stuff there. You drive up to the thing. It looks like a piece of shit. I mean, fuck yep. that place. It looks like a big housing unit for the homeless. It's it's absolutely <laughs> horrible. You got to paint it. You got to make it look a little inviting when you're in competition with, oh, I don't know, Canada's Wonderland. Get in the game, Edmonton. Jeez. <laughs> That's an obstruction. <laughs> That's an obstruction, yeah. <laughs> they go that there's no one in the mall because of COVID. There's no one in the mall because the mall is shit. That's why. <laughs> I, I, I think the message will be delivered to the proper people here. Yeah. Ryan, awesome. Ryan Belleville had a funny take. Ryan Belleville's take on it many years ago. He, he goes, this, this was built by somebody who was on cocaine who has attention deficit disorder. Like when they went in, when they went in to pitch it, they were like, "Okay, I got an idea for a mall. What's your idea? There's going to be a water park. What? And a roller coaster. What? And a bunch of orange Juliuses." And I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> and there's going to be a pirate ship. Get out of my office. 
There you go. And, and yeah, that's basically what it is. It's true that it could be probably a little bit uh, better, uh, I don't know, better made with it. Aesthetically pleasing, yeah. Dude, yeah, it's yeah. eyesore from the outside. <laughs> Come on, it is. What do you want me to say? It's not just a little ugly. It's, it's tourists drive by and go, what the fuck is that? And keep going. That's not good. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, J- uh, Jeremy, a uh, question. Uh, so when, when you first started your, your, your tour, this tour presently that you're doing, uh, what made you uh, want it to go on tour in, the, in this oh, particular period of I'll time right now? I'll story, okay. Ricky, I do a show on Sunday. I was a uh, Sunday show uh, on, on Facebook Live. That's quite popular when I do it. I don't do it every <laughs> week. I do it when I can do it. And people know that and they tune in. So they just check at Sunday at seven to see if we're on or not. Obviously, I'm not on now because I'm on the road. But Ricky Bronson came on the show to discuss the difficulty for the club owners. And we started talking and I decided to play a couple of his clubs. And then other people, other club owners found out that I was coming to do a couple of Ricky's clubs and they, uh, it just gets long, it's getting longer and longer and longer, which yeah. I'm fine with because I don't particularly want to go back to the United States uh, right now with the situation going on with, with uh, you know, uh, Foghorn Leghorn over there. So I'm staying, yeah, yeah. I'm staying here. Did you come in, in Montreal in your tour or, or not at all? I, we were, we're just talking about it. That's why oh. it's good that, that uh, you guys, I'm talking to you today. It's not confirmed, but uh, Ottawa and Montreal, we are looking at right now. Right. Uh, nice. uh, usually, sometimes those things fall away, but sometimes they don't. So we'll see what happens. But you, you may be aware that Montreal is actually the, uh, uh, the capital for, for coronavirus in Canada, right? I thought they were doing way better, and uh, they stopped. Uh, they 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 stopped uh, kissing each other with their. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's, it's better now, but uh, when you look at Canada at a whole, uh, Montreal is the worst place for for. Still the worst place. Yeah. Montreal. Okay, so we'll do a show just outside of Montreal. Yeah, come, <laughs> come in Laval or or Brossard or something like that in yeah. the suburbs. I'll find out where the line is and we'll do it just over the line and we should be okay. Perfect. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Uh, so, so Jeremy, uh, so you will be in the Winnipeg on the 9th, 10th, 11th and 12th this month. Uh, 25th and 26th, you'll be in Calgary also. Yeah. I believe. I've, lo- I've done that one before. I haven't yep. done the Winnipeg, but I've done uh, the one in Calgary. It's a big, big room, and the guy had me oh, come nice. in and I did it once. Yeah, and it was great. So I'm looking forward to that. Calgary's always been really good to me as far yes. as crowds. They really support me. It's a really great city. And after that, you're going, I believe, to uh, Sydney, uh, uh, Canada, not Australia. So Australia, take it, take it, be patient. Canada. I haven't been there either. So that's the first time too. And then uh, we're, like yeah. we're going to do some more um, uh, because they're adding them and they can, because of the COVID, they can quickly put me in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all positive and, and, and I'm able to play clubs for the first time. Oh, guys, it's been years. And I'll tell you, uh, there's nothing. It's so great to be in the club again because I started there. And you know what? Um, Mm -hmm. All comedians, all stand-ups are better in a tinier venue. Uh, It's way more intimate. And the comedian doesn't have to work to create what's called fake intimacy, which works. 
Mm-hmm. But it's when it's actually intimate, it's so much easier. Ask Lars, he'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. I've never had to had to worry about playing the giant theaters. Um, and <laughs> so yeah, clubs. Yeah, well, you're gonna love rumors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah rumors is uh, rumors is fantastic. You know, it's been around for almost 35 years now. It's and famous. That's what I was told. It's actually a famous club. It's been there forever. It's one of Canada's oldest, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and and it's the the guy who runs it, the manager Tyler, will spoil you rotten. He's great. The staff really know, and it's one of those clubs where they do it right. You know, the audience uh, is trained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, when another comic says that to a guy, it's really important. That's the most important. Because when a guy says that, that's the that's the most glowing review a club could get. He just gave it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, what he's saying, something really shitty happens, they know how to handle it. Yeah, precisely. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 awesome. And they've been, you know, they've been established for a long, long time. And um, they're I'm sure they're going to be really excited to have you like they get it. They know comedy. They the staff all knows comedy. The club knows comedy. What? And they're well, you know, they do in Edmonton, too. Hey? They really know what they're doing there. My God, that thing runs like a machine. Huh? Yeah. It's nice when when you have somebody like like Rick, who who toured for so long. And and I so there's I, I always it's funny. I always talk to people forgetting that there's some people listening who don't necessarily who aren't necessarily comedians so yeah. what what jeremy hotz is talking about here is the guys who played clubs and worked the road many many years ago have this these chops that they're able to play big theaters the timing changes you ha- you really have to give everything an extra second or an extra half a second in order to let the laughs come from the back of the room to the front of the room and so when you take somebody who's used to playing theaters and put them in a small intimate club setting it's Mm -hmm. wiffle ball for them they're hitting home runs like crazy it's just bang 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 because yeah yeah so it's you know you're not going to get an opportunity to see jeremy hots in a club very often and you know so this is this is an opportunity if you're in winnipeg or if you happen to be in edmonton I, you know, go, go see him. He's a, he's a world-class act. No, they know they're coming. They get it. They know. And they, you know, the, the clubs have been good to get the new, you know, that's the, the word out on the new, they've been doing news stories because of the COVID, you know what I mean? On me? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's news for some reason. So it isn't, yeah, it's a story, which is really good because uh, I guess it's a story uh, because people have been ripped off. Uh, and they haven't been able to go to the clubs for a while, right? There's been no entertainment whatsoever. Like, are you working consistently now, Lars, that it's back in Canada? Well, I was in Australia. So I tour Australia for about three months every year. So I go down and do the Melbourne Festival. And then and then there's some great English-speaking comedy clubs in Asia. So I don't know if you've been to Asia recently, but they got a couple mm-hmm. of promoters there that will take great care of you if, if and when things open back up, which I hope they do. Um, so... I kind of so create doing inter you're doing international gigs a lot. And mm-hmm. so how long is it going to take before, it, you know, the international opens up? I mean, geez, yeah. before they start letting you into oh. other countries. I mean, geez. Yeah. And we'll touch, I'll touch on it really quickly because I, we've talked about it on the podcast, you know, when, when they had me on as a guest, we talked about it. So I don't <laughs> want to bore anybody, but <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. I, I created a, um, a thing when I came home from Australia, I just wanted to perform again. Like all of us, I just wanted to do shows again and the clubs weren't open. So I created this thing called the fire pit comedy tour. And, you know, I just finished headlining rumors, so I'm not, you know, it's funny. We all, you know, I'm normally, a, you know, headliner. So I created this thing in backyards. We've done, we've done 148 shows since May 2nd. 
That's incredible. That's a good, that's a, so what you do is you put on a show in a space and people come, right? And you they, yourself? They book me in a backyard. So we, Alberta had opened up outdoor gatherings of 15 people. And I, you know, I have a bit of a following on Twitter. So I just put out, I'm like, hey, if anybody wants a comedian in their backyard, get a dozen friends together and I'll come to a show. And then they opened up the gatherings to 50 and then 100, then 200. So of the shows, our, our, our average crowd size is probably between 20 and 40 we've done a couple that are 100 or bigger and it's just been i mean the, the you know you know why because it's good for you uh you know what to do you that is what he's talking about now is special special learning skills is what he's getting now and that's really important and don't think you'll never use those because you know you will <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's important so i i i think that uh i've just i you know, as far as theaters and stuff go, I can just do different kinds of rooms simply because I've done so many different kinds of things and that's it. And then you just adapt. And what he was saying about timing and holding it back, I don't even think about, it's not like you, you count in your head or consciously go, you just discover the timing of the room within seconds because you've done so many things and never think about it for the rest of the performance ever, yeah. you know, so... You feel the thing. You you. It's almost like you get a feel for the room. They get a feel for your feel of the room and your timing, and the two things mix. And then you're they're not in a the theater anymore. They're just like you know watching you. They're the only people that are watching you, and everything that happened before they forget. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Amazing. Speak of, speak of room. Uh, you, I, I saw that you did the Madison Square Garden, which is, it's a huge venue. I did Gator Growl in Florida. It was uh, 80,000 people. 80,000 people? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. In the football stadium, uh, it was their uh, rally year, and they had won the whole championship. And they, uh, the guy that from the boxing, uh, Get Ready to Rumble, that guy, that goes, yeah. Get Ready to Rumble, he yeah. Me. They hired him to introduce me. Oh so my God! Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a buffer. What, what's his Michael name? Buffer? Yeah, Michael the cold buffer. The fakest looking man. The, the fakest looking man in the world. And then yeah. his wife is equally fake. You shake their hand, and plastic comes off. It's oh, weird. <laughs> Yeah, and, that's amazing. And he's being paid a lot of dough to just to say oh, that that sentence, right? Line. Yeah, one line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was just about to say it's amazing that the he's guy. He's the luckiest man in show. Oh, yeah. That's it. One line. Yeah, absolutely. And he, and he patented it, so anytime anyone uses it, he gets paid. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, is that right? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's his line. It's, it's a yeah, really smart bright. guy. That's yeah, guy, a smart yeah. guy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So no. So I was kind of wondering, yeah, uh, because you know those big rooms. You were just talking with Lars about you know the intimacy between you know people you know in the big room and the small room, and now you're doing a tour, and it's all like medium-sized room to small room. It must be good for you to be back to this and and be in contact with your people. Well, the new stuff just comes flying out because I don't have I don't rely on the act really, right? Like yeah. every show, I'm hearing half of it for the first time too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's why I laugh because half the shit is new and I haven't heard it. And I, I'm thinking, oh, you better remember that one, you idiot, and write it down. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, you know what I. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it for the Edmonton show, but that's why on the 25th, 26th, I will be there in Calgary. Oh, and, yeah? Uh, 
Oh, absolutely. And um, hopefully, well, come uh, and say hi, eh, man? Because like, don't, you know, I don't have many friends out here, so it's kind of hard. I did in Vancouver. A lot of my friends came to the show in Vancouver, but uh, yeah. Edmonton, no, Calgary, that's always on the tour of mine, but I just rush through to the next city and stuff. You know? Yeah, no, I get it. And I hope, and uh, I hope Lars is going to have time. Maybe we'll see his schedule. Lars is a really busy guy too, but hopefully he's going to have time to come with me in Calgary. That would be a yeah, great Yeah, come trip. down and say hi. I'd love that, guys, really. Oh, oh. Absolutely. So I have a, a question from a friend of yours. Yes. And I talked to him and he said, you know what? Ask him this for me. And nobody else but uh, Angelo Tsaroukas can talk about food. So he asked me, he's like, well, ask him what is what what is his best food in Montreal and what it is his best food in the United States. Okay. What's your preferences? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Montreal is way better than anywhere that I've been in the States. The best place to go is Schwartz's if you want to smoke ah, pizza. There you go. Yeah. Uh, if you want ribs, you want to go to the Barbie barn if you can. That's the greatest place in the world. Um, uh, I've always liked, oh, what's the name of it? No one else likes it, but they make the smoked meat fat. They cut it fat. It's and? the main. It's called the main. Nobody the else main. goes... Nobody else goes it's any good, but I go, you know what? That one place, the main, that makes the fat smoked meat sandwich, that's the one. The one that nice. I just like to call gout, that one. That's the one I buy. It sounds fat. <laughs> it sounds cool. fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a picture of someone fat on the bun while you <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Angelo, it's always this question is always mostly about food. So I was, I, I'm laughing because the. The first time I met Angelo in Montreal, his first line was, "Wow, well, hey, let's go have a smoked meat at, at uh, Schwartz. That was his it, first, man. you know. Yeah, he's yeah, lost yeah, a lot yeah. of weight, though, you know, because oh, the, he's doing the so baby good. and the wife and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he's got, he oh. can't be, he can't be irresponsible like that anymore. No, 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 no. he's doing super good and uh, good yeah. for him. So, yeah, so that, yeah, that was my question about this. And uh, of course, um, uh, I cannot, you know, do an interview with you uh, without talking about Shackleton. Uh, yeah, the Wonder Dog. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Do you, do you still bring Shackleton everywhere nice with dear. you? He's sleeping. He's on my schedule, so he's asleep right now. That's and, amazing because uh, I, I look at all your shows and all that. And there's always a part in your show you will ask the people, "Do you guys love dogs?" Or you know, because I know you're a big dog. You're, you're a big dog lover, right? You know, you, and, you got me out of. I like because you know, with um, with the anxiety disorder that I have, it leads to. Um, agoraphobia right so mm -hmm. i wasn't getting out of the house at all and that's oh, no except yeah. to perform and that's no good so now that i i have the dog you know, he's got to go out right so if you don't he craps that's all right. over so you got to take him out so that's positive and that gets me out of the house and now that i have him on the road as well it's just you know i have i have terrible fear of the world from my stomach that i get and Uh, he helps take it away, and uh, the, the reason why it doesn't affect me when I'm on stage, they believe, is adrenaline. Oh, is that right? What I've been told, but no one can really give me the answer to that. No one really, you know. Uh, they, it's a guess. It's a fine guess by them. I just, it's a, it's a, I'm more comfortable on stage than I am off. That's the way it is. Well, that's good. So, uh, so we're going to see you more and more. That's good. <laughs> Live performances. Or uh, not at all, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I know exactly what you mean. That, that's funny because uh, myself, I'm a big dog lover too. I don't know. Uh, I think Seb, you don't have dog. Uh, Lars, do you have a dog? 
Uh, no, I'm on the road too much, but I love, you know, there's yeah, a few, there's I a guess. few comedians like Eliza, Eliza tours with her, her doggo. And there's a few that, that, and I'm always a little bit envious when, when they have their puppa with yeah. them. Well, I, I would, I went through, through a detox. I mean, quarantine for two weeks in new West and the dog was, uh, the dog was with me for that time. And without him, I would have been, uh, you know, he, it, it made me less crazy than I am. Cause I'm cr- <laughs> I'm the wrong guy to be isolated in a place and have someone say you can't. That's not good. If you tell me I can't, then I have tremendous anxiety. Get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was Westminster, so I looked out the window. I didn't want to go out there. Jesus. (laughs) I've been there too, yeah. You just answered my my, my second question. I was about to ask you, are you less miserable since uh, Shackleton's been Yeah, there's no question about that. Yeah, (laughs) I'm now, I'm still miserable, but I'm at a, a, I'm at a, Uh, a better place of misery than I was before. In other words, I can I can find a little bit of the humor in my misery, like the audience does, because sometimes it gets just a little too real, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you mean. You know that that's funny that we talk about that because uh, I, I got generalized anxiety disorder myself, and I got oh, two. Sorry, man. I got two ginormous dog and when, when they feel that i'm getting anxious they they literally just bury me they they just they're, they're enormous they know. They, my they, dad they, they sits know. right in my lap he knows that's, that's exactly it yeah. and, and it helped me a lot too anxiety disorder is something i don't know if you guys ever uh, uh, had any anything like that but it's something really sneaky you sit you watch tv eat popcorn all of a sudden it just strike you like a snake bite yeah. you know like hey, you can't I, just control realized, that. I, I just realized i'm a piece of shit and everybody hates my guts where did that yeah. come from <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's exactly it I, i was uh i was just uh wondering yeah about the dog because uh, as i know you travel with him all the time and he's such a cute little dog and uh yeah other than that i was kind of wondering uh, uh jeremy so you're now an american citizen right Oh yeah, I have been for a while. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you have been you have, you have been for a while. So so the whole world right now is talking about the American election to come, right? Yeah. And is it is it a good source of inspiration for you, or is it something that you prefer to avoid the subject? Or? I talk a little bit about Trump because uh, of the way that he has, but but because it's me, it is the way that it has affected me. Okay, do you understand what I do? I talk about things that have affected me. I don't really talk about world issues. Mm -hmm. I will mention a world issue, but then I will personalize it and go, and that's shit because of what it did to me. That's it. I don't talk about, I think we should do this instead of that, and the world will be bad. I'm not one of those guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? You know, I I pole vault, and if Trump builds that wall, I can still vacation in Mexico. There you go. There's one. See, it's per, it's personal, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's about me. Not yeah. he did something, and here's what I'm going to do. So yeah, that's no. the way I do it. So it's not. So it isn't this heavy-handed political. You know, some comics do that thing. I don't. It some, doesn't interest me in the least, guys. Yeah. I and talk about what I think is funny, and you know what? What has happened in the United States now is getting dangerously close to horror, you know? Basically. That's something that, that I I observe with the artists, uh, you know, they some some tend to really want to pull uh, to push their political opinion down mm-hmm. your throat, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the 
I, I, I would rather have them express that on a personal level, like, like you're doing. Yeah, and that's because you're Canadian. That's yeah. what we do, kind of, right? Yeah, but he, yeah. even if you're a singer or a painter or a writer, I, I guess you, you should say, this is how I feel about it. Not, this is, this is what we should do, right? Exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. This is how, this is how, uh, affecting me, and I'm not going to tell you what you should do. This is exactly. what I did, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, you're right. I, I don't think. Uh, do, do you, Lars, sometimes do uh, much stuff about uh, politics and stuff like that? Or something no, you're you know, it was funny when I started out. I really wanted to be able to my act to be able to travel, and so when you watch somebody <laughs> like Jeremy Hotz or Derek Edwards, it, there's there there is a personalized generalization that I love. Exactly what he's talking about. Like, here's me, and there's a lot yeah. of people that will relate to that. So I didn't ever write jokes about. Trudeau or Saskatchewan or Trump or Bush because I knew I wanted to tour to Australia and Singapore and, and Germany and they, they don't have the same instantaneous recall of what's going on. And so no. I wanted my act to be able to travel and I was in, I, I, I've always, you know, I've never been much of an actor so I, I haven't spent much time in LA but when I was in LA the last time, you know, a couple of years ago, I was on a comedian uh, comedy show with 15 other comics And all 15 went up and did a Trump joke, but they were the opposite end oh. of what you guys were just talking about, where they were being a little preachy or they were, you know, trying to virtue signal. So it, by the time you got to the 15th comedian, the audience was like, yeah, heard it. Like they don't want heard to. It. Yeah. And so I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I don't mention Trump at all. I don't talk about Trudeau. I don't. And, and all of that stuff has kind of a shelf life, you know? So if it's like, mm -hmm. here's how it affects me now. That's a great mm. joke. And somebody who has the, the amount of material that somebody like Jeremy Hotz has or creates at the rate he does, like you said, he goes, I'm doing a bunch of material I've never heard before because that's, you know, to be that <laughs> prolific is what, so he can be a little more topical and it, and it works wonderfully, you know? So, well, so then I never even think about doing it again. You know what I mean? Lars, it's just for the one. Show. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. No, I mean, there's yeah. one laugh. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. And we, that we all think here's something the day before everybody's heard about and then throw it out that night but then it's gone comedy is really disposable guys you shouldn't really hang on to your shit and hold it and cuddle it and or anything like that like my fans come up to me and they they quote a bit that, from my past i don't remember it they they do it better than me they do it better than me now you know I don't <laughs> well, thank you jeremy i uh, i did good on the one from uh, montreal roads yeah yeah you see I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you see you didn't even remember that one for me it's something that really kind of marked me but you know? <laughs> he has the lars has those two all comics do you know and yeah, if yeah. we think of it as a tv taping we'll fucking do it absolutely yeah. Oh, I, yeah i have two i have two questions that i've always wanted to ask you um i don't know if you'll know the answer to the first one because it was a long time ago i think you had or have i don't i haven't checked recently the coolest logo ever made in comedy I mean that. So that's the yeah. the J and the H with the flames on it. I yeah, think Shannon. Is, oh, oh yeah, yeah. really? Well, Shannon's like the lady in charge of my uh, social media, and I used to have way back in the day a, a logo, and she looked at it, and then she just modernized it and made it. There's three or four different ones like that, and it goes on all the merch, and it's she's just. 
you get someone like her, okay? Because she's really like, uh, she's just a friend that 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 does my whole fan page. She's a realtor, but she knows marketing and stuff like that. And she she looks after that. She's she's exceptional. And just to have a friend like that, I'm I'm fortunate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So about probably the first website I ever designed, probably 12 years ago, I sent the web designer to your website. And I'm like, make me, and my initials are L and C. So you can't. There's nothing you could do with an L and a C. With <laughs> a C, that's hilarious. Yeah. No planes, no planes. out of the top of the C. Nah, forget it. <laughs> so I sent them to your website and said, make me look that cool. It's the coolest logo I've ever seen in comedy, hands down. That's funny, Lars. My God. <laughs> Is she be behind the, uh, the fly on your website, the fly idea on, on your website, uh, when you can play with your mouse and then... The flies no, that was around. those guys. I never asked for that. Other people took the thing. I just said, make it look miserable, make there be rain, include the dog, and make me look like I'm not having a good time. And they did that whole thing there. Yeah, that's it. And then we looked at it and went, oh, okay, that kind of captures what we're, you know, most people, you go to their website and the rain and the music's playing. I have a thunderstorm. To <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> make sure that's awesome. I think I, I played... <laughs> I played with the the fly for five straight minutes. <laughs> That's hysterical. It's so fucking stupid. I always go, what's this stupid fucking thing? Oh my god, Sam. That's awesome. <laughs> you made you made that fly worth it now. Yeah. She she was so tired at the end. I think Lars had a second question. I do. So yeah, yeah. There, there was one logo that was kind of close, and this is under like this is a passing thought, so it's not a question, but um mm -hmm. Toby Hargrave, I would give him the silver medal in coolest logos. So I like Toby. He's a friend of mine. He's a really good guy. The mountain man, Toby. Yeah. 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 So Toby actually introduced me my first ever time on stage, uh, 2003. So he was the MC that night. Yeah, he's a veteran. He's been around for a while. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was a kid when I was ruling in Canada before I moved. He was doing stand-up already, just as a young guy, but he was there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, there's a whole a whole class of that. And I was just like maybe one class after him. But uh, his, his was an H, so his last name is Hargrave. And the yeah. H was holding a microphone and a microphone cord. So it was like a person. Great so the idea. legs and the body of the, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, um, that's great. That's, that's great idea. So, so great I've, idea. I've, had a, I've had a radio show for 14 years that nobody's listened to. And I created a question on the, it's a comedy radio show. And I like the question, especially asking a veteran comedian. So uh, you, can, you, you get to be on a show with any two comedians from any point in history. So they can be alive. They can be no longer alive. Two comedians and the venue you'd play. So who would you choose okay. and, and what's the venue? I would choose George Carlin and Jerry Lewis. And I would put it nice. at Massey Hall in Toronto. Nice. Two great comedian. Why, why Jerry Lewis? Uh, he saw me at uh, the laugh. I'm one of a very few. Jerry never goes to the comedy clubs because of he, the way he is. And uh, he was a friend of Dane Cook's because they were in a independent movie together. And okay. Cookie got him down to the laugh factory. And uh, he said, Hossie, like, like, you got to go first. And then I'm going to go because Jerry's here. And then he's going to leave. And I went, oh, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll go on. Don't worry about it. So I go on. I open, you know what I mean? Just fucking killed, you know what I mean? And then Cook goes on and he fucking kills. And we're standing in the, in the 
the exit, I'll never forget this. We're standing in the exit uh, entrance of the Laugh Factory and Jerry's leaving, you know, with his three or four people. And and I go, I, I go to the doorman, you think I could take a picture with him? And the doorman goes, no way, man, he's a real prick. He doesn't take pictures with anybody, right? Wow. And then he looks at me, Lewis, and he goes, oh, that face. And he comes running up to me. He goes, that's the funny kid. That's the funny kid. <laughs> and then I go... And then I go, can I take a picture with you, Mr. Lewis? And he goes, sure. And he turned around and the guy was there and he took the picture and then he turned and went the other way and I got it. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, that's, one the, that's one of the greatest moments I, of my life as a, as a, oh, when I was a baby. I saw this guy's black and white movies, man. Yeah, I mean, me too. Me too. All I mean, of us probably saw those movies. Absolutely. Dude, dude that, what a moment, you know, to, to have that happen, you know? That's so pretty, pretty physical too, man. Eh? Jerry Lewis, yeah. like super. Yeah. And then he, he did that thing, you know, that hey lady thing that he does. Mm -hmm. he yelled it as he as he was leaving the club. And he was like in his, you know, he was like eighty nine oh, or something. Man. Really old at the time, and shit. He's yeah, a legend. Cool. He, he's a, he's a true legend. Yeah, Just I like, got to see him, and he got to see my act. That's amazing. And then he died because he saw my act. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. <laughs> he, he's like uh, the, the modern Charlie Chaplin at the time. Kind of that's thing. what it was, right? You know yeah, the last throwback to that time, right? Exactly. Exactly. And we weren't we weren't alive, so it's kind of cool for us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you still have that picture, I hope. I do. Did you know what he invented? He invented uh, on cameras. Do you know this? You know, video replay. He invented it. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. The oh, camera that sits on. He had another camera sitting on top of the camera, and then yeah. he could look and play back the scene to see if he'd done it right or not. He invented oh. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he was an innovator as well as a, as well as a comedian. That, that's interesting. That's interesting also that you go to Jerry Lewis to George Carlin, which was a really wow. controversial, uh, funny comedian, like so smart. I mean, yeah. watching his shows, even now I still watch his shows. And after I watch his full bit, at the end, you're, you're still thinking. You're still thinking about what he just said. And, you know, yes, it's funny, but it's deep. It's some deep thoughts. Carlin was, yeah, he was one yeah. of the greatest of all time. Underrated, uh, I think, you know, if not the best, you know, I think. But that he was just my favorite growing up as a kid. And then the Lewis thing was the physical. And so I have a, bit of, a little bit of both. And that's that's good enough for me, you know. That's exactly it. Yeah. Perfect. Well, anyone else? Yeah, uh, I... I have a, a one last question, and I, okay. I, I don't know if Lars uh, uh, answered it before, but uh, we talked with a comedian last week, and uh, not the first time I, uh, I heard about it, but uh, with the PC culture and everything, it's getting harder and harder to tell jokes now because... Nobody wants uh, takes uh, the 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 intention, you know, uh, in in consideration when they think about what you're you were saying. So some comedians are saying that they they lost a little bit of the of their their uh, their love for comedy uh, because of that. Oh. What's it's your take not, about it? it? I think that the television networks in Canada are, are doing a terrible job. What do you want me to say to you? They should be ashamed of themselves. They're trying to change what comedy is. And guess what? It's not going to work because what they're showing on their, on their things are, is not funny. And people mm -hmm. watch things that are entertaining. And that's not entertaining. You can't just come in and go, this is the way it is. Watch this fail. Once again, they don't know what they're doing. 
Yeah, yeah unfortunately, uh, yeah, last week I had a... They're pushing a mandate that is garbage and, and, and yeah. that it's uh, uh, against freedom of speech and our rights. And I'm not going to stop saying what's funny. I Guess what I don't do in my act? I never cut funny. So if yeah. you're yeah. Yeah. leave, you'll be the only one leaving and the people will be laughing at your ass leaving. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. As I was about to say, we we had a a, a podcast last week with another comedian, uh, great guy, really talented, and he said, you know what, guys, I'm taking a I'm taking a break of comedy because he, he lost interest for the moment because he said everything is too heavy in the world right now and it's really you hard to that. You got to fight against that and fight, yeah. fight, fight, and no. I agree. That's how they win, and that no, no, yeah. no. So, I'm not going to be one of those. Uh, all of mm-hmm. us have to be very careful of the changing of the world, the changing mm-hmm. of the guard. I call it. They're trying to take away your rights. Be very careful. That's all. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to preach about it and say this is what you should no, do. No. Be aware. All right. Yeah, 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 Everything yeah. is designed to give you less right. Yeah, exactly. Lars had a, an intake on this. I think. Well, I, I, I love somebody who is funny enough to make a heavy topic funny, you know? So there are, there are comedians who, who challenge themselves with a high level of difficulty. If you're a di- an Olympic diver, you're not doing the simple dives, you're, you're tackling the heavy stuff. And somebody who's been a comedian and a top level comedian for as long as Jeremy Hotz has, he can skillfully navigate those waters. And for him to say, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not pulling punches if it's funny because if it's funny, it holds water. And a comedian's oh, yeah. job, you know, a comedian's job is to shed light on ridiculousness yeah. or injustice. Or so I, I, I am like over the course of history. Like if you read Mark Twain, there are words in Mark Twain that you a writer wouldn't mm-hmm. use today. So the pendulum right. is swinging a little, but but in a good way, so that the changes are happening. The people who don't adapt are the ones who aren't going to make it. Somebody like Hotz goes, yeah. all right, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to use this word. I'm not going to use that word because, you know, the 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 goal line has moved, and that'll yeah. happen over the course of history. And so I have no problem with people with it being a little more PC. I think Jeremy also spoke to something else that I'm I'm incredibly passionate about. Canada doesn't have a star system. You know, oh. and and the lack Canada's of star system. Yeah. In sure. it comes to it comes to there's there's okay, let's put it this way. All right, guys. I'm gonna tell you something right now. How many household names of celebrities are there in Canada, would you say? Not many uh, three household names. Yeah, uh huh. It's not not many. And why do you think that is? How how many in England? In England, hundreds. Yeah, yeah. They it's done on purpose. They don't hmm. want to promote any Canadian at all. They just oh well. Now do you think now? And I hear that's a great. So I remember once the first time I, had, I met Mike McDonald, and at the, you know, and when I was in high school, Mike McDonald was churning out a new CTV special that was winning highest ratings and Gemini's, and and so Mike McDonald was was hot, like big time. I mean, it, you know, he was really really killing it. And yeah. he said, you know, CBC or CTV, who was who was doing the specials? I think it was CBC. Anyway. They said to him, like, oh, hey, by the way, you've had three specials in a row, so now we're going to give somebody else a, a turn. And he goes, but mine are the highest rated comedy programming you have all year. Why would you take the highest rating and give it to somebody else? He goes, well, it's very Canadian to go. There's no well, answer for the question. There's no answer for that question other than because we're incredibly stupid. 
We don't know what. And we shouldn't. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's it. That's the answer to the question. Yeah, the lack of 35 years, have I ever had my own show in Canada? No. 35 years. And don't think I haven't brought them so many series and don't think they haven't they haven't said no every single time because they ah, have interesting. Uh, more than interesting. But yeah. You know, yeah. things that I would never mention on stage when I do stand up because at this point, like I need them anymore. But boy, they mm. could have stepped up and done what. And now guess what? Here I am at the other on the other side of the fence and mm. they get nothing. Good call. Good call. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'm going to talk favorably about the television networks in Canada, the way they've treated me. Oh, my God. Please. Oh, my God. Not bad. It's not just me. It's everybody. They don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're strippers or something. What is that? Underpaid, underpaid strippers. (laughs) Well, just uh, just in in Quebec right now, they're they're doing an adaptation of Brooklyn Nine Nine. So I I really like Brooklyn Nine Nine, but is there any writer right now with great ideas that are not? being put ahead because they want to do a sure shot like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know? So so that's sad for, for me. They should go with our original stuff very more often than they oh, are doing right now. They're putting on world, yeah. worlds for the 50th time now. <laughs> they're putting, uh, like that hasn't been done 74 million times. That's yeah, a, yeah. no. What about the coroner show they got? Wasn't that Quincy, except they made it a woman? Oh, that's groundbreaking. That's right. Just like I'm saying. And it's good. It ain't. I mean, yeah. it's just, <laughs> I, every time I do commercials, I just go like this. During Hockey Night in Canada, I go, <laughs> it's incredible. Wow, you guys are really hitting it out of the park now. <laughs> I would like well, to see, I would like to see, because, I mean, you know, uh, comics was, you know, a comedy network presentation where they would film, you know, 15 or 20 comedian hour-long specials each year. And then th- that went to comedy now, and that ran for 14 seasons. It does break my heart a little bit that the comedy network isn't producing specials the way they were. They stopped five or six years ago and it breaks. Why it is makes, that? They just didn't, they, I, maybe, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It, it makes me a little bit sad because, you know, I got a comedy now. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not speaking to this as somebody who didn't get one. I'm speaking to this yeah. as somebody who has one. And I go, there's so many funny comics or, or even going back to the comedians who have a new hour or a new, you know, so it makes me you never like, got a chance. Right. That's right. And, and I think that, because you there's know, no venue for it, right. Yeah. yeah, that's Canada, the land of no. <laughs> the land of no. <laughs> that's awesome. That's unfortunately uh, awesome. I would say it is. <laughs> you just have to have a good. You can't be bitter. You you have a good attitude about it, and you go about your own business, and you do your own thing, independent of them. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Just well, don't let it consume you. That's all. Yeah. Even uh, Sebastian in the corner here, guys, is a writer. He's got a few novels already, and he's an independent guy. Because, uh, but for whatever reason, Sebastian decided to uh, to distribute yeah. his books independently and all that. And so, how did that work out? That's good. Uh, well, you, you know, I I don't have all the the, the task force behind me, of course, and <laughs> and I'm just starting. But uh, he, even when you're hired by by uh, you know by a company to to distribute your your books, uh, you have to do all the groundwork, uh, all the, the marketing groundwork 
anyway. So why why would I let go uh, mostly all of my royalties to do the same thing at, at the end oh, of the day? Oh, is that how it works? Someone else gets money? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's probably how. I've never done that. Here in Canada, anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. I, didn't know how well, book, then, I don't know how the book thing works. You the independent... Authors are way more present in the U.S. Here in Canada, not not so so much, but Why? in the U.S. I thought I thought you can write your own book and put it on uh, Amazon. And then people, yeah. Amazon, yeah. Why not? How come that? Uh, how exactly. come Canadian writers aren't doing that? Yeah. Well, more more and more authors are doing that now, but Good. but it, it's still marginal though. So uh, so they had to to do it. Uh, I think there's going to be a shift in that business at, at some point because now you have all all the tools on the internet to to uh, you promote know, to, your own stuff. Yeah, to to publish your, your stuff on on Kobo on uh, Amazon. You know, so, yeah. So there's places, and so yeah, yeah exactly. but that's what we all do. It's like I, I don't know. Lars does a show. I do a show on Sunday. You know, when they go, you're not popular. You know, assume that you're not popular enough to get on their television networks. Mm -hmm. You just go on the internet and go. No, actually, I am. Look at the numbers. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, that's, you are. <laughs> that's what you do. So yeah, yeah, you have to. <laughs> and then you go, wait a sec, I got my show online. I don't need them anymore. That's when it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. marvelous. <laughs> the internet put it put the power back in your hands. It was great. That's right. Well, Jeremy, I can't wait to see your show. Speak of your show right now. Yeah, well, I don't forget to, see to come you. and say hi, or else I'll be absolutely. Because, like I said, I don't know a lot of folks in uh, Calgary and stuff. So that. I I will be there and I will come see you. I don't know if it's the 25th or the 26th yet, but I will be there. Absolutely. As I said, hopefully uh, I would say Seb, I would like to invite Seb, but he's in Montreal. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what Lars is a busy man too, but uh, you know what, Jeremy, I will be there. I promise you that. And I would like to thank you for taking this time with us. It means a lot to us. Uh, I'm, no a big fan. And uh, I'm, having, uh, I'm having a lot of fun being back in Canada and, 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 and working for Canada again. Cause and Lars is a big fan too so Lars thank you for being there thank you Jeremy okay guys okay. thanks have a good thank day thank you Seth thanks you guys take care buddy okay bye